Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 Dollar, dollar. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast, part of the Whole Nine Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Hernishian. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Spencer WNS. Joined as always by Real D underscore Jackson, Devin the Verified Jackson. Before we get into it, uh, yes, last week we didn't have an, uh, an episode. Uh, I was under the weather. Devin recorded on his own. Then we had all sorts of family plans get in the way. Um, travel issues, file issues, it just didn't end up uploading, so apologies for that. Um, but yeah, Devin, how you doing today, man? Great, man. Just got back from uh, a nice Thanksgiving break. Uh, I know you guys already celebrated Thanksgiving up in Canada, but in America we had, you know, our Thanksgiving. Oh, I did my shopping. I did my Black Friday shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had a good Thanksgiving break. I uh, needed, definitely needed to just kind of get away from everything, kind of recharge and uh, kind of push through this last month of the year. Crazy. Sorry. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, I, I desperately need a, a little bit of a break too, but you know, fuck 24-7. We go 25-8 here. Uh, all right, Devin. So, I mean, normally before we get into any of the news and the reviews and the previews and all the other good stuff that we generally bring people, we like to keep it a little fun. We go with Mike's weekly rant. Um, this week, there's not going to be a weekly rant. Um, the one thing I would love to rant about on this podcast is neither the time or the place for said rant. I'm pretty sure you know exactly what I want to rant about, but uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's not a great look. It's not a, um, it's not exactly the best air, place to air these grievances. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Devin is aware exactly of what I want to talk about, and that shall stay between uh, myself and, uh, and Devin. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. Don't I, and, I already know, and before man. I, before I get DMs asking if if the, if the podcast isn't going to continue because it's an airing of grievances between Devin and I, fuck no, Devin and I, Devin's like my brother, so like it has nothing to do with him. Uh, but yeah, this is just it's not the right time or place. Let's get into some news though, as uh, we had some shocking news come down Saturday night. Rutgers has their head coach, and it's it's a proven commodity. It's Greg Schiano, another kind of uh, retread nostalgia hire. We've been seeing a lot of these with Mac Brown going back to North Carolina, Randy Edsel at UConn. Like, there's rumors of Willie Taggart back to South Florida. Like, what's your take on this, man? Well, it seemed like the only move to make. I mean, they really didn't have too many people that were super interested in Rutgers' job. The talks broke down initially, so we thought, oh, Lord, they're going to hire some random offensive coordinator. Steve Adazio was being thrown around for a bit. So, yeah. yeah. So, but they, it seems like they got their man. Uh, so, congrats to them. We'll see. He got his uh, work cut out in front of him. I mean, you're taking a team that's been desolate since you left. You're trying to revive them. So, should be interesting Pretty to see much. what he does. Yeah, um, I actually, I wrote de- uh, an article that should be available on Whole Nine Sports by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, where I went through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and ultimately graded the Shiano higher, so uh, you should be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, long story short, I mean, 
he laid the groundwork that ultimately got Rutgers into the conference uh, instead of being in the now defunct Big East or what would be the American Athletic. Um, but he also hasn't held a head coaching job since he got fired by the Buccaneers. And that was in 2013. So it makes you wonder, and, you know, we've seen when he was defensive coordinator at uh, at Ohio State, he had mental lapses that were ultimately the reason why Ohio State was susceptible to losing games at times. So we'll definitely have to see. But, again, he, he takes over Rutgers the same way he took over Rutgers the first time. They're an absolute joke. So, uh, And the other piece of news that we've got is that Northwestern fires uh the offensive coordinator mick mccall uh man they had like one of the i think it was bottom four in the country in terms of yards and bottom eight in terms of points or that might have been flipped i don't remember uh regardless this offense sucked yeah so uh historically get bad. someone in there that's not terrible yeah was and, just, yeah go ahead I mean, I put in the Power Rankings article this week that, like, you know, <clears throat> Northwestern, if they had just figured this out, like, six weeks ago, <laughs> and not in the last, like, three weeks of the season, we'd be having a completely different discussion about them. Well, they actually win probably a couple of those games they lost. I mean, yeah. the, they went through, like, four quarterbacks this year. Like, they were literally on their fourth quarterback against Illinois. We'll talk about that game later. Um, but it was clearly obvious the offense wasn't working. The defense was, like, playing, like, 60 minutes of football where they just had to have a stop every time they went out there and try to get a turnover or cause a short field because the offense was terrible. Because they would just punt it right back. And then it would just be pointless, you know. And then they're back out there a couple of plays later. It's it was just awful. Uh, I'm glad that they recognized their biggest issue because that was definitely a glaring issue. So whoever's the next offensive coordinator, uh, they better come in and develop the quarterbacks because the quarterback play as a whole was the worst I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, and if they don't, they're screwed. So if they don't, then we may actually need to have a conversation about Pat Fitzgerald on the hot seat. Like You and I kind of were like poking at it. We both knew it wasn't going to happen, but like if the if he if he flops on another OC hire, they may have to actually have a sit down with him and be like, knock this off. Like, uh, so Devin, I don't know about you, but with the with the exception of one game from last week, none of these games really mattered. Yeah, they're I mean, rivalry games, they're in-state games, and because of some of the the locations of some of these teams, they're not even rivalry games. Uh, once again, um, Indiana but, had the uh, the funnest game. Yeah, sure. shocker. Uh, so I don't know about you. I don't want to spend too much time going in depth into what happened in these games. We can kind of breeze through it and focus on the one game that actually had you know uh, like stakes you know um, involved, and then we'll just kind of. This is gonna be a shorter episode. We'll just kind of go through really what happened, and then we'll preview the conference championship. Kind of go uh, position by position and ultimately give a uh, score prediction. That sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Alright, so Friday we had Iowa needing a game-winning field goal with like no time left. 
against Nebraska, uh, 27 to 24. I had Iowa's kicker, so that was a really good uh, for the fantasy team that we had this year. Didn't help as I lost by four. Dominated you all for the entire season, and then losing the championship. I pulled a, I pulled an Atlanta Falcons. Hey, shout out to them because they shout out to the Falcons, twenty-eight to three. Yeah, um, I was nine and one and lost to six and four. Justin Roche out of the SEC. I actually saw the touchdown that made me lose. It was the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase for the fourth time in that game. <laughs> An absolute backbreaker. Yep. Yep. Uh, I probably would have won had I have started literally anyone over Reggie Corbin, who got me negative 10 yards. <laughs> My God. Also, uh, the combination of Wap Fillier and Peyton Ramsey did wonders for my bench as they combined for 76 points. Good Lord. Oh, uh, Iowa-Nebraska. Uh, yeah, this game was relatively uninteresting. <laughs> other, other than the fact that A.J. Epineza is uh, back to doing A.J. Epineza things from last year. Uh, it really just took like most of the big pressure games, like Penn State, Michigan, Minnesota. He needed those in order for him to be like, all right, now I'm going to come out and kick the crap out of you. I don't care enough to get up and uh, and really focus on mid-Tennessee State. And you know what? I can kind of relate with that. Um, Nebraska, they came just short of being bowl eligible. But as I've said, they needed another year. Next year, we can actually kind of start building the hype for them, I think. What about you? Yeah, uh, there were some definitely winnable games. I mean, it's been kind of a trend with them the last couple of years. Winnable games, they lose. And then kind of the games uh, where they're right in it, you know, they can't pull it out. I mean, th this game was definitely a winnable one for Nebraska. I mean, they had a chance to win the game, you know. But once again, uh, inconsistencies with Adrian Martinez, the offensive line has been pretty terrible. They've been banked up all year with injuries. So we'll, we'll see if Scott Frost can finally get this uh, thing on the train tracks next year. But definitely disappointing, I'm sure, for Nebraska fans to finish 5-7 and seven and once again not be ball eligible. Exactly. Uh, man, this next game, I'll tell you, Devin, there are uh, there's some certainties in life. Uh, the sun will always rise in the east uh, and set in the uh, and uh, set in the west. Um, water is in fact wet, and Michigan for the last two decades has been owned by Ohio State. Believe Ohio State has won seventeen of the last nineteen meetings between these two, so it, there was no surprise when Jim Harbaugh lost yet another game to a rival coach. Uh, it really wasn't a shocker. There was really no point in the game where I thought they would actually win. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This was this was a game where I'm watching. I'm just like, I don't even really want to watch this game. Yeah, I was. Uh, this game sucked. Yeah, I was watching. I was just waiting to see how long Michigan would hang around. And sure enough. I kept thinking I had J.K. <laughs> Dobbins on my fantasy team, and I didn't. I had all of the receivers. I forgot that you oh, had J.K. Dobbins. Listen, he went crazy. Like 41 points. <laughs> I really, really could have used that. Well, the funny thing was, I wasn't even going to pick him when we were picking people. But <laughs> you had mentioned something about him. I was like, oh, uh, he, he'll probably be good this year. Man. He saved me some of those weeks because 
my quarterback position has been a revolving door this year. So Yeah, see, I had Justin Fields, Wap Fillier, and Peyton Ramsey at quarterback. I was pretty good all year. I had uh, Adrian Martinez to start off, mistake. Uh, I had Clifford for a little bit, mistake. Tanner Morgan a little bit, mistake. I mean, I was like, can somebody like play well besides like Justin Fields in the conference? Like consistently? I had Lewerke. Uh, Indiana had, quarterbacks. I had Lewerke for like a week, and that went out the window. Uh, I didn't. I didn't pick up uh, pick up Patterson, and he just started coming on hot the last couple weeks. But <laughs> speaking of Patterson, he just like pretty much ended the game in the second quarter. He just dropped the snap, and that was all she wrote. After that, it was yeah. Like, Shea Patterson, gonna Shea Patterson. Uh, you know, I was sitting there the other day, and I was talking to our to one of our other writers at Whole Nine, uh, Alex Katzen. And we were talking about the quarterback class. And, you know, I don't have two on my big board because someone smarter than me is has yet to speak up about what the hell is going on with his, you know, you know, with his hip and, and all of that. So I've just taken him off because I don't know the situation. And I'd rather not try to speculate. It's not, it's not the time or the place. Uh, there's a sentence I've said a lot already. Uh, but it's like, man, like Shea Patterson, Brian Lewerke, these guys are camp bodies in a pretty weak class. Like really after like the top five or six, which spans like two or three rounds, it's, it's, it falls off a cliff and then it falls off a second cliff. And then you see like Patterson and Lewerke. Lewerke, it might actually carry on the rich tradition of a quarterback being my lowest rated player. He sucks, but uh, Patterson is not much better uh, is the point I'm trying to get at. Uh, yeah, he's kind of feasted on some defenses lately that just don't care or aren't good. Uh, do you want to, to introduce this next one? Because I think we all kind of saw this coming. I mean, I don't know who you picked last week because obviously we didn't record together. Um, I picked Wisconsin. I picked this to be close. I was kind of right. Yeah, uh, I picked Wisconsin, too. Uh, it was just because I just felt Minnesota wasn't there yet. And that's exactly what it was. Um, their, their players were just too inconsistent too often. Defense really just pretty much caved in the second half. Uh it just so it just felt like everything that they're kind of building towards. I, I just felt like that Penn State game was like the pinnacle of their season, and they weren't trying to make it that, but that was like their biggest game up to that point, considering they played like pretty much uh, the the lower half of the Big Ten teams. Uh, and then once they got that win, it, like the pretty much everything got sucked out of them, you know. Uh, and they really haven't played at a high level playing a grueling schedule like Michigan has and Michigan State and Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, those are a couple of teams that have been Iowa as well, Wisconsin. Uh, they know how to, to kind of take each game and just make it a small win. You know, that win was so massive for Minnesota against Penn State that I think it kind of hung over the rest of the season. And then when they went to Iowa – uh, you could tell that they weren't over that win just yet. And then hosting the essentially 
the Big Ten West Championship game at home. I just don't felt I just didn't feel like the energy was the same as it was for that Penn State game, you know. Um, oh, definitely. So I just felt like with kind of how their schedule was set up and how young a team they are, they weren't ready to take that next step to be the Big Ten West champions. Now I think their the talent they have at receiver would give Ohio State fits, you know, all over the field, but. Then, like, when you get to the actual game, man, Tyler Johnson, I love him as a prospect. I think he's a great player. But drops have been his Achilles heel all season long. Oh, yeah. Um, he's dropped – in the Iowa game, he dropped the potential touchdown uh, or, well, a first down that would have, you know, cut the lead to three right there. This game, he dropped the touchdown down 14 in the end zone. I mean, it, it's – you love the guy, but you just want to see consistency. And I think he potentially went from like a first round talent. And now he's looking at a second or third round uh, selection, possibly uh, just because you don't know with his drops and NFL. I mean, they can, they're not going to tolerate drops that long. Like you better be special speed wise or something like that. Uh, Cause if you can, you know, continue your drops and it's going to continue to carry over into your NFL career, the NFL career will be cut short because you can't stay on the team dropping the ball all the time. But I just felt like it came down to Wisconsin has been there. They had the coach that's been there. Uh, They've been on the big moment before, so it wasn't too big a moment for them, too big a moment for Minnesota, in my opinion. And uh, it just all came crashing down on them. Yeah, man, they got got just run out of the building. Um. Although kudos to PJ Fleck and if you his his post game conference, it really kind of became obvious. That I think he is gonna stay. Um, you know, I think he he's proud of what he's built there, and he he wants to build something at Minnesota rather than trying to like do something with with Florida State, which is easier said than done. Uh, this next game was as uninteresting as it gets. It was Penn State winning 27-6 to over Rutgers. Need I say more? No. I mean, it, it was – they played terribly. Uh, I think this may have hurt their chance to get into a New Year's Six Bowl, possibly. Yeah. I mean, um, they, they, they had the backup quarterback, and they just basically like, ah, we'll just keep it away from Rutgers, and nothing will happen. Literally. And – of course, nothing did happen, but there's really not much to take away from that game. Uh, senior day, you know, that's what it was all what all was about mainly. But other than that, man, you could just pretty much throw away any takes from that game. <laughs> um, how about Northwestern beating Illinois by 19 points? Remember when Illinois was one of the hottest teams in the conference? Boy, have they cooled off significantly? Yeah, they went from two and zero to two and four to six and four to six and six. This team has not actually gone, uh, like, they are literally a string of runs for an entire season. This game was pathetically bad. Northwestern has found a a successful formula. Uh, That is, have the quarterback throw ten times and then just run the ball every every single play other than that. Um, Reggie Corbin got seven carries and minus ten yards. Uh, Dre Brown had seven yards. I'll tell you he was what. The, he was the leading rusher. I'll tell you what. Seven Il- yards. Illinois looked a lot like Rutgers. Oh, no, 17 yards. He had 17 yards and a touchdown. 
Illinois looked like Rutgers on Saturday. Illinois looked like what we've been calling Northwestern the entire year. And Northwestern looked like what we've been calling Illinois the entire year. Did they go into the wrong locker rooms? Like, this this was a weird game. This game sucked. This game cost me my fantasy championship, and I'm pissed off because of it. I actually, Reggie Corbin, off the board. Minus, minus 10 yards. Minus 10 yards against Northwestern. I understand that Northwestern is a good defensive team. Minus 10 yards on seven carries. He averaged going backwards. (laughs) Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. How am I supposed to be excited about an Illinois bowl game? They're going to get mercy killed. The offense has taken just tremendous steps back. The I think the reason they were in a lot of those games that they won, and keep in mind, this is a team that realistically could have been like 8-4, and four, maybe 9-3 and three without in some of these games they were. Their offense just killed them the entire year. Yeah. I mean... Like I, like I was saying earlier in the season. Dele Hardy though, uh, Harding, though, still a beast. Yeah. Another, like, 12-tackle game. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be a given, I guess, for Illinois. Well, considering he's playing his last game of the season next month sometime. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, last game of his career, excuse me. Um, yeah, Illinois, they, they had no offensive passing attack at all this season. Like, nope. spurts, like literally go routes. And slants taken to the house. That was their passing offense this season. Uh, and maybe an occasional screen to Corbin or Dre Brown. But other than that, man, it was it was pretty bad. Um, I don't know who is worse at developing quarterbacks, Northwestern or Illinois. I mean, good Lord. At least Illinois only went through like two quarterbacks. Northwestern went through four. But I was very disappointed in Illinois. I picked them to win. Uh, I think you. I'm sure you did as well. Uh, it's just disappointing to see that, you know, they made significant strides and then they still lose to Northwestern. In a season, Northwestern is abysmal. It, it's, it's frustrating, man. Just frustrating. Yeah, it was I, – I, when I was watching what was going on with this game, I was just like, I, I don't understand. I just – I actually was having, like, an existential crisis. I'm sitting there, I'm like, How, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um. Next up, this one was a fun one. Indiana and Purdue going to double overtime. Uh, Peyton Ramsey being Peyton Ramsey. Watt Fillier was not expected to play, did play, and had a career game. I really want to get Watt Fillier on this podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to try to make it happen, man, during one of these weeks. Now that he's kind of off now and has a little bit of time in between. Um but I'll definitely probably reach out to him again and see if he wants to come on and uh, talk some football. Definitely. Uh, I mean, Purdue, wh- what a what an amazing thing it would have been if, if Purdue had just pulled the upset, eh? Man, that that would have been massive. Like, massive. But they ended up going, what, 4-8 and eight this year? Yeah. Uh, that was the be- that's the best 4-8 and eight I've ever seen. Yeah. Like literally, if if like Purdue doesn't lock up Jeff Brown to a lifetime contract, I don't know what they're doing. I've been saying he needs to be at one of those SEC jobs that's open now. Uh, there's more getting open, you know. We just thought Arkansas, but shoot, Ole Miss was open now. 
I mean, Mizzou is open. I could definitely see him at, at Mizzou. I want to see him at. Uh, I want to see him at Arkansas because I mean he, Rondell Moore, five star out of Texas, and it's a lot easier to get a guy from Texas to Arkansas than it is to get a guy from Texas to Indiana. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, both, I think both Purdue and Indiana get like a lot of like Florida guys and. Yeah, it's from down south, so I mean that only boosts it because I mean Arkansas is a lot, like you said, a lot closer uh, than Indiana. Definitely. Uh, and then our last one, I mean, who could possibly care about this game? Michigan State beats Maryland, gets a bowl game. Congrats. Yeah, uh, the, the only thing uh, good from this. Brian Lewerke was... threw for three fifty and didn't throw a touchdown. He threw two picks though. Sounds about right. Uh, only thing good good thing from this game was the uh, the player that walked out uh, on senior day with his two dogs because his yeah. both his parents died um, when he was younger. Well, I think what in high school maybe. I don't. Remember I know his during his time at Michigan State. Oh wow, yeah, but that that was the coolest moment from this game. Uh, the play on the field, two bad teams, uh, slugfest, and that's exactly what we got. And we got more of Lewerke being Lewerke, uh, moving the ball up and down the field and then can't punch it in. I mean, that's been Michigan State all season long pretty much when they actually had a inept offense. So, All right, so we're going to finish it off. We're going to preview Wisconsin at Ohio State. The official college football playoff rankings have not come out as of this conversation. Um, all right. Quarterback, Wisconsin or Ohio State? Uh, Ohio State by a mile if he doesn't get hurt again because he's been two straight games. He's gotten dinged up. Yeah. Um, that, I, I don't know. I still I still might pick Ohio State's backup over Wisconsin. No disrespect to Jack uh, Cone, but he's, he's not going to win or lose you a game. He's just going to do exactly what you ask of him. So, and, and he has some running ability, but you can't put the game on the shoulders. No, definitely. All right, running backs as a whole. So, J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague or Jonathan Taylor? I'm going to give Ohio State a narrow margin, like narrow. And I think mainly because of Master Teague and his ability to come in and change the pace of the game. Uh, Dobbins and... Uh, Jonathan Taylor have been pretty much neck and neck all season long. Uh, Dobbins has been going absolutely nuts, especially in the biggest games of the year. Jonathan Taylor, not so much. Uh, so I give a slight edge to Ohio State. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the edge to Wisconsin just because I think that Jonathan Taylor is just that damn good. Uh, wide receivers. Ohio State. Yep, same. Uh, Tight ends. Actually, you know what? Yeah, they're, it's kind of a wash. I'll just throw that in with the receiving group. <laughs> yeah, I, if we were going strictly off tight ends, I'd say Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know what? Yeah, because they've got Ferguson, who's pretty good. Yeah, Ferguson's pretty good. But Offensive line. Ooh, I'm going Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. I'm not, I have not been impressed with Ohio State's offensive line. Too many lapses in pass pro. Uh, luckily enough, they have Justin Fields. He literally writes all their wrongs. But 
pass pro, they have been pretty atrocious this year. So All right. There at least. Uh, defensive line. This is actually a lot closer than people would think. Because uh, Zach Bond and uh, that Wisconsin defensive line have been great. But Chase well, Young, they run a 3-4, so that was my thing. Ah, were you going to do edge by itself, or were you just going to do D-line? Uh, I'm going to go D-line. D-line? Ah. They, I'm going to go Ohio State. I'm also going to go Ohio State, uh, just because like they're so deep. Uh, yeah. With, they've got uh, Devon Hamilton. They've got, uh, oh, what's that other? Uh, Landers. Landers, Cornell, they're loaded on the interior. Now let's talk about the edge. So now you get to talk about uh, Zach Bond. Yeah, Zach Bond, he is going to be an excellent sleeper pick in the NFL draft. Um, Oh, yeah. He is speed off the edge. um, his ability to kind of redirect on plays, his play recognition. Uh, I love everything about his game. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have a f- the freakish athleticism that Chase Young does. Uh, but Zach Bond, he is definitely a name to keep out for, keep a name uh, eye out for um, just going forward. But uh, Edge is definitely Ohio State, uh, not, not only because of Chase Young, but the multitude of players they can throw out there that can get a sack. Uh, they literally have crazy talent all over the defensive line. Um, Wisconsin sometimes has to send their linebackers on blitzes to get home, like Chris Orr. Ohio State can rush four and get to you. And we saw exactly what Chase Young could do when they played Wisconsin earlier in the season. Yeah, um, in terms of the edge rushers, I I mean, Chase Young is the best football player in college. Should win the Heisman. Um, should be the number one overall pick in the draft if you know positional value was even, and well, the Bengals didn't need a quarterback. Uh, yeah, sorry, I like Zach Bond, but I mean Chase Young. There's a reason he's the best. <laughs> uh, linebacking core. So this is Chris Orr. I guess you could also like Zach Bond, lump Zach Bond into this as well because he does kind of do that hybrid role. Uh, or it's Baron Browning, uh, Malik Harrison, and who's the other one I'm thinking of? Tough Borland. Uh, this this I'm gonna be a little bit of a homer here, but I'm gonna go with Wisconsin. I love Chris Orr. Uh, I think he's gonna be that's your guy, Ben. Yeah, I love Chris Orr. I love his game. Him and Zach Bond together, man. They they terrorize like opposing quarterbacks. Um, I give them a slight edge. I know that Ohio State's talent is probably better, uh, but I think just for what they do for their defense, uh, it they're probably the best position group on on Wisconsin's defense. Um, with you know the linebackers of Ohio State, you know they're really good as well. But, man, it helps a lot when you got Chase Young in front of you, you know. Uh, so I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Um, and then the secondary. I really don't this, think we have to spend too no. much time debating on which this, secondary is best. This, this is not even close. This is Ohio State by a mile. Uh, they got first-rounders that are all around. 
yeah, they have Jeffrey Okuda is probably going to go in the top five of the draft. Sean Wade, who could go in the top 40. Damon Arnett will probably find a way maybe in the top four rounds. Uh, Jordan Fuller will be a day two or day three pick. What does Wisconsin have? I have no clue, man. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so there we are. Uh, I think you can get the gist based off the head-to-head. Oh, f- for why not? Uh, head coach. Is it Ryan Day or Paul Christ? Love Paul Christ, man. Sorry, Ryan Day got you, man. Yeah, it's Ryan Day for me as well. Man, they almost... I think with the exception of running back and offensive line, uh, I gave it to Ohio State for everything else. This game will not be close. I'm sorry. We saw Wisconsin get their ass whooped in a horrendous you know, weather game where Justin Fields was not at his best, had a really bad game. The offensive line played like dirt, and they still kicked the crap out of Wisconsin. Now they're in a dome. With an with a with more time to I mean, Wisconsin's coming off of really actually having to work hard to put away Minnesota. Ohio State just laughed their way through Michigan, who uh, I mean was definitely starting to put it all together. Th- this game's not going to be close. I'm, I'm picking Ohio State forty-one to twenty. Yeah, my score prediction is going to be about the same. I say 45-24. But uh, before we uh, close it out, I just want to say to Michigan, this is my message to you. Um, When are you going to stop taking the fool's gold, man? (laughs) When are are y'all going to wake up, man? Uh, I'm, I'm just tired of every single year we say, this is the year Ohio State's going to lose to Michigan. This, this is the year, year Michigan's going to make the playoff. This is the year Jim Harbaugh is going to beat four or five ranked teams. And he's going to dispel all that has been made about him. The quarterback position is going to play as good as it's ever been. You got a returning senior. He's going to be in the Heisman discussion. No. Nope. I, I, think, I think it's time that we finally peel back the expectations for Michigan. They're going to be a perennial eight to 10 win team every year, mostly nine to 10, uh, maybe even 11 if you're lucky, but they will probably suffer losses to Ohio state uh, and Penn state and, or Wisconsin and, or Iowa every year because they just can't win it. You know, I mean, Saturday was a prime example. I mean, they're, you're at home. You probably got one of the largest crowds in history. You got a team that has holes in their defense that you were exploiting in the first quarter. And then your quarterback does what he did in the beginning of the season, turn the ball over, just fumbling. I mean, how do you lose that type of focus in that type of game? Like, that that's something like a freshman quarterback does. A sophomore, a sophomore quarterback does the first time they're playing in a rivalry. 
You never see any of these things from Justin Fields. This is his first year as a starter. I can think maybe on a couple fingers amount of times he's dropped a snap. And he didn't lose it to the other team. So I just want people to know that Michigan is going to get you 9 to 11 wins every season. They're going to be good, but they're not going to be great. I think it's time that people stop putting Michigan, Notre Dame, and USC until USC, unless USC gets Urban Meyer. I need those three teams and Texas. Those four teams do not say Nebraska. Yeah, throw them in there too. Stop setting the the bar so high until you actually see it. Until you actually see them win the big games when they matter, on the road, at home, ranked opponent, prime time. Until you see it, let's just pump the brakes on Michigan beating Ohio State until it actually happens. And I think the year where there's absolutely no belief that Michigan will do it, they'll do it. Uh, so did you end up actually picking a score for this game? or did we yeah, just go yeah, on? yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, 45-24. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. So nice quick episode just to kind of get back into it. Uh, I'm not sure what the plan is for next week. I know we are obviously going to break down this game in depth. Uh, but since there's going to be like a week off, essentially, between the conference championship and the bowl game, uh, we may need to think of something. <laughs> may may need to start uh, going into the vault, get those guests in. Man. Yeah, you know what? I've I've reached out to a couple of people. Uh, I haven't gotten any official words yet, but you know, you know, there's still time. So uh, till next week, guys. Uh, again, M- Mike Spencer WNS here. Real D underscore Jackson for Devin. Um. Yeah, let's all kick back on our couch with a cold one and watch Ohio State whip that ass a second time. That sound good? Sound good to me, man. All right, man. Regroup next week.